Hi, it's Adam. Uh, before we get to what's going to be published here, I wanted to give you a little update on what's going on and why these are being published. Uh, so if you're my friend on Facebook, uh, you may be following the updates on what's going on with me, my health. Um, if you're not my friend on Facebook, by the way, you can go to adamhorton.com. There's a contact tab, and there's a link to my Facebook page from there. My Facebook is public, so you don't have to be my friend in order to see what's on there in, in case that matters to you. But in any case, I know a lot of listeners are my friend on Facebook, and you know if you're not, um, <clears throat> I'm going to be going in for a bone marrow transplant in just a couple of weeks. And this is good. Uh, the six months of treatment that I've had so far have uh, have the goal of getting my leukemia into enough of a remission that bone marrow transplant is an option. Uh, if the bone marrow transplant is successful, um, I should be cured of this cancer. Live the rest of my life, watch my kids grow up, all that good stuff. Um, have a donor. It's my brother. Really, we're just hoping that goes well, and I'll be going in for that. Uh, from everything I've heard... Uh, it's not going to be pleasant. I'm going to be in the hospital for at least a month. And then when I get home, I'm going to need a lot of care, a lot of hospital visits, and it's going to be a very long time until I have my life back. Uh, that on top of the fact that, uh, you know, uh, my second child came five weeks early and uh, we had a lot on my plate. In any case, um, <laughs> the podcast, right? Um, I'm not going to be in a position to publish more episodes of the podcast for quite a while. And uh, bone marrow transplant has a lot of risks. There's a lot of additional chemo and radiation I'm going to be getting. Um, and so I've got, uh, I've got some stuff on my computer, some episodes, some mini-sodes of the podcast that were recorded, uh, some of these a very long time ago. And, uh, it just doesn't make sense for them to sit on my computer anymore. We don't have a regular publishing schedule. Uh, it's going to be a very long time if that ever happens. I've got four minisodes, and I want to publish them. Uh, one of them is one that Jake and I did um, in preparation for Parker being born <laughs> over two years ago. Um, we just never needed these. Uh, the other three are th uh, three things that Wandering Winter made, uh, mostly for the same purpose, but some of them came afterward. So... Uh, I'm going to publish all these. You're going to be able to listen to them. But there's a very, very good chance that um, that's going to be it for content on the podcast for a long time. I don't know how long that's going to be, but if you want updates on that, uh, probably my Facebook page is the best way to get them, unless you want to like message me, go to the Discord server, or, or anything like that. Uh, can't promise you I'll be in a state to respond to it, but... Um, that's where we're at. So, um, hope you enjoy these mini-sodes, and, uh, man, I, I hope that, uh, I hope I get back to doing this soon. Well, the hate is gonna hate, 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 and the faker's gonna fake, 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 fake. I'm just gonna make, 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 making luck, making luck, a mini-podcast, making luck, mini-sode, mini-sode. This is Wandering Winter back with another Making Luck mini-sode. And today, I don't really have a great way to describe the topic I want to talk about. It's a little bit slog, sloggy. Um, so cards where, or decks where your, your deck isn't very good. Um, a little bit kind of alt-VP. 
um, in particular certain kinds of alt VP. What do I mean by alt VP? I guess I should say first, and that's basically victory points where you're getting victory points from places uh, other than province or colony as it may be. Um, and specifically here I'm talking about victory cards less so than victory point counters um, or for the most part uh, things like landmarks. Um, I'm talking more about uh, you know green cards um, when I'm talking about alt VP. So somewhat about that, sort of certain kinds of that that play more towards the sloggy quote unquote style. Um, although some of them, I will also be talking about their applications in decks other than uh, kind of sloggy decks. Um, but basically, I, I guess what I'm going to call this, even though it's a little bit of a misnomer, is uh, when copper is a good card. Um, and that's because for most slogs, copper is, is not really a card that you necessarily want out of your deck. Although, again, there's going to be exceptions, and we will talk about that as well. Um, but I really want to center my discussion around three of my favorite cards. Uh, and those cards are Gardens, Duke, and Silk Road. Um, so Gardens uh, is kind of the canonical example of this kind of effect from the base set. One of the very first cards printed in Dominion. Uh, it costs four. It's a green card, i.e. a victory card. And it's worth one point for every car ten cards in your deck when you're scoring at the end of the game. Um, yeah, so the first thing to think about is if I'm planning on centering my deck around this strategy, how well does it work? And in general, actually, not just for slogs or things like this, um, it's something good to think about. How does how do things work if I'm not being mirrored? That's the first question you need to answer. And the reason that that's the first question you need to answer is the first thing you need to figure out is what is the best strategy here? What strategy do I want to go for? Now, sometimes there's multiple strategies that are close enough that you need to have flexibility in order to be able to flip between different roles. Uh, but in a lot of cases, there's just one thing that's just the best, and you need to figure that out first. You need to figure out, even in the cases where there isn't one clear answer, uh, you know what the viable things are and how you need to be able to be positioned to be able to transition between them. So given that we want to figure out what strategically uh, the best thing is first, uh, the first thing you want to do is to look at taking kind of each strategy to its extreme uh, kind of purest form before internet, uh, worrying too much about um, interaction, unless the whole point of the strategy is interaction, in which case, obviously, you worry about that. Anyway, uh, point here being gardens, uh, if I want to build my strategy around it, and using it instead of provinces, I'm using it as alternate VP. Um, we'll talk a bit about more later about if and why you might or might not be able to use these kinds of things in conjunction with provinces or how you might be able to. Um, but let's just say for now, or we're looking at saying, okay, I'm going to plant my flag on gardens and I'm going to count on the gardens to carry my game. Um, how well is that going to work for me? Well, if we think about a very basic scenario where I'm in a big money deck and I'm buying one card every turn and I'm buying one card every turn, uh, well, you can think that uh, big money, if you're in a mirror, takes maybe 17, 18 turns to get through. 
uh, almost always on the board, even if there is a card that isn't helping you towards that, like Gardens. Um, it's going to be faster. Now, if we're taking the Gardens to the extreme, then our opponent won't be able to finish the game by getting four or five provinces, or they're going to have to get all eight or three piles somehow. So that's going to give you some extra time to make your gardens worth more because you're not helping them. So that's a good thing on your side. But still, if we look at it, um, let's say maybe it takes your opponent, if they're playing well and they're building with getting eight provinces in mind, there's some vaguely reasonable, if not very good, support for their big money deck, let alone a draw your deck deck, um, a whole deck, paradigm deck. I mean... 20, 21, 22 turns is not crazy at all in order to be getting all eight provinces. If I'm buying one card every turn, then that means that my eight gardens, let's assume I'm getting them all. Again, all of this is about two-player games, and multiplayer is just such a different topic that I don't think I can cover it at the same time. In a two-player game, let's say I get all eight gardens. Well, 20, 21, 22 turns, uh, which is, I think, largely on the longer end, that's only going to get me 20, 21, 22 buys, because I can only at max buy one card per turn in this in this scenario. My gardens are going to be worth one point, because I started with 10, plus every 10 gains is another point. I've had 20, 21, or 22 of them. That's 30, 31, 32 cards in my deck. My gardens are being worth three. So my gardens are worth three, eight of them is worth 24. All eight provinces is worth 48. So basically what I need in this case in order to be able to compete with all of the provinces is all of the duchies. And if we're talking 20, 21, 22 turns, let's say it's even 22, which is on the longer end of that, eight buys have to go to gardens, eight buys have to go to duchies. That leaves five turns to build. Six turns to build, I guess, right? I can do math. <laughs> 22 minus 16 is uh, six turns. Six turns to build, let me tell you, you're not going to have enough money to be able to buy all of the gardens and all of the duchies. If I buy silver, 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 gold, gold, that is not enough money to get me through buying gardens or duchy on every single turn. It's just not going to happen. So basically it doesn't work. You can't count on gardens to be... Uh, to be working for you if you're only having one game per turn and your opponent has free reign, even almost with just straight big money. But if there's any kind of support to speed them up and you're not slowing them down and you only have one game per turn, it isn't going to happen for you. You're going to lose if you're going for this full garden strategy. Okay, So, So that's the first thing to keep in mind. Now, obviously, that's not the only way that things can be done. And... So you can think about, well, what things are going to help me? Well, and there's a few things. One, if you can slow your opponent down, then suddenly you are much more likely to be able to go with this garden-centered plan. Uh, two, if you can get extra buys and gains, then maybe you can make your gardens worth more. Um, and so that can help. And then, uh, well, that's that's the main things, right? So... Then you have to think about, okay, well, extra buys or extra gains, how much do they really help? And it depends on what you're buying or gaining. Now, keep in mind in this deck, like we talked about, your goal is to be buying either gardens or duchies. 
So those cost either four or five. You're working in a money paradigm. And if you are working in a money paradigm, then that means that you need your average money density per turn to only be four or five. Per card, that means either 0.8 to one. And that's actually not very far ahead of where you start your deck at. So you don't need that much economy to get going. But obviously, once you start adding all of these green cards to your deck, then you are going to need more economy. So one thing... Uh, to think about is so what kinds of cards gaining help me and here's where copper is a good card comes in not only is it going to count for your gardens just adding a free copper to your deck but it also brings your average card money density closer to one and that's going to help you buy gardens for sure because it's increasing your money density past the gardens point and it actually also helps you buy duchy because even if you are above the one dollar per card mark or the one money per card mark um Buying a copper will, will reduce your money density, but having a thicker deck that comes with the copper will insulate you against green. And because it's not bringing your density, money density to a point that's below what you need to eventually be at, then it can't really hurt you from being able to buy uh, your duchies in the average case. Obviously, you could find a hand where, well, that copper, it could have been a silver and if that is really the option you have, and so if you don't have the copper in your deck, you would have drawn the silver, then yes, it, it can hurt you in an individual case, but on the average, it's never going to, to, to make you worse off. Um, somebody can probably educate me here, but in general, on, on average, adding the copper to your deck is not going to stop you from being able to buy uh, or make it less likely that you're able to buy, on average, again, duchies, and certainly not uh, gardens which only cost four so so copper is a good card and so if if you just add like a woodcutter to your deck that's going to help you out because even if the game then now doesn't last quite 20 turns then you're going to have a few extra buys that you can spend on coppers and that's going to help you get to your 20 cards that you're adding to get your three-point garden so that's one way that it helps you another way that it helps you is that the coppers are actually good for your deck so woodcutter helps this deck um, now, it might help your opponent what they're doing more if they're building some kind of a draw-your-deck deck and the buys help there. But in general, like a woodcutter or a nomad camp, which is a functionally equivalent once they're in your deck, um, those cards aren't going to help. They're not the greatest kind of payload for, for a, a whole deck paradigm deck, a full deck. Like, yeah, if they need a plus buy, they'll take it, but they would prefer to have many, many other things. So that's one thing. Um, so buying, gaining coppers can help you, uh, gaining silvers or, you know, other economic cards like that that are better than copper is obviously even better than buying copper. So if you can get a, a bureaucrat or two and then start going after gardens and duchies, now suddenly, you know, some kind of silver gainer, basically. Suddenly, um, you know, if I add a silver and a duchy to my deck, silver and some kind of a green card... Those two cards together make my money density closer to one. And so that's not going to... Uh, there is enough variance there that that might hurt your chances of getting duchy sometimes. Although I think in general, in practice, it usually won't hurt it too much. Um, but the point being that, that it's, it's at least not going to hurt very much your chances of getting duchy. And adding that pair of cards is actually going to make you still quite fine in order to get gardens. So... Even just getting a few silver gainers um, can mean that you can start to green actually very early, and you do have some 
reasonable chance of of actually being able to get all those duchies and, and all those uh, gardens if the rest of the options on the board are weak. Again, 22 turns is still a long time, 20, 22 turns, still a long time for the best deck to be able to empty provinces. Most of the time you're going to be your your opponent's going to be able to build up in such a way that they can they can actually get there faster in, you know, 15 to 18 turns. And so bureaucrat gardens is is enough to win sometimes, but it's still not that strong. Um on the flip side, you can go for something like squire now, Squire, the nice thing there is it can be a silver gainer to keep your economy up, so you can play it like that for a bit. But it can also be gaining you more than two gains per turn, but up to three. So if you can get up to four-point gardens, then it's much more reasonable for you to be able to uh, outpace um, outpace the, uh, the opponent. But really, the big thing here is slowing your opponent down. And so... How do you slow your opponent down? It depends on what kind of deck they're playing. Um, if they're playing a money deck, then even something like uh, Thief, which is a terrible card, I think they got rid of it in the second edition, um, is actually good for you because A, even the coppers that you're trashing for your opponent, yeah, that might hurt them a little bit, but it, it, it actually helps you. It helps your deck, it helps your card count. Um, Noble Brigand, much more so. Um, Pirate Ship, a little bit less so, actually, because you don't need to make a lot of money. Um, and so we see some themes emerging here. Um, the biggest thing, uh, discard attacks can really hurt a money deck and even more than your slog deck where you have a bunch of victory cards and then some decent treasures, uh, right? Every time that you can play a a militia, some kind of a discard attack like militia, then it's going to be very, very hard for your opponent who's playing money to get a province. Whereas if they play a militia against you... It's somewhat hard, but not nearly as hard to still be able to hit your gardens or sometimes even duchy, right? And just lengthening the game means that you have more time to get more buys, and you will lengthen the game this way, uh, so you will get to your three and maybe your four-point gardens. Getting to four-point gardens is kind of hard, though. Um, but, but much better for this kind of deck is a junking attack. So a junking attack, presumably your opponent's going to play it against you, you're going to play it against them, it's going to take them some time. Um, it's going to be hard for them to catch to to go super fast. You gaining the junk does hurt you, and yes, it does hurt you. And generally, you'd still rather not have it, but it doesn't hurt you as much because you're only trying to get to four or five, and because the extra cards have some positive point value for you, in that there's some chance that they bring you over the line towards uh, towards still being able to hit that. Uh, that that gardens um so so a card like mountebank actually slows your opponent down a lot gives you gives multiple junks but when when you're trying to play this gardens deck only the curse is a junk and the copper is actually good for you um that is you know if you don't need the density of curses to be able to block curses you should still block curses in this kind of a deck because it's more important that you slow them down than you gain you know an extra copper um, but once the curses are out, well, then you should happily accept every copper that comes to you because, again, copper is a good card for this deck. Just Mountebank is generally enough to, if there isn't strong trashing to help this drier deck kind of deck go, even sometimes if there's medium trashing for that kind of a deck, uh, just the Mountebank itself can make the gardens a much more viable plan. 
but in general, it's actually very hard for gardens uh, by itself to be to be worth it in this kind of a slog without the biggest help that you can get, which is gainers uh, specifically that can gain the gardens themselves. And this can turn you from a little bit maybe less of a slog to sometimes more of a rush. Um, if you get a lot of gainers, then suddenly you can get up to the point where you're maybe gaining, particularly if you have some way to gain, to play multiple gainers on a turn. So if it's an ironworks or something, or if you have a village to support your workshop, then you can gain, um, you know, maybe two to three cards on some turns. And so you can bring your average cards gained per turn closer to actually being at two, because you're also still going to buy something every turn. You can get that average card, average gains per turn up to two uh, over the course of the game. Obviously, you're still going to start with and have a decent number of ones, at least early on. But if you can bring it past two, then you're talking 15, 16 turns in order to get up to three-point gardens. So that's that's a big plus there. But also gaining the gardens directly, and then maybe also gaining some more helpful things, you can either do one of two things. One, play it less like a slog and actually just try to go for a quick three-pile pile-out, where you don't need to have more points than all of the provinces combined. Or two, you can start to gain some economic components to be able to help you get those duchies better. Um, so all of these things come into play. Um, but still, for the most part, Gardens is not really that good of a card for the sloggy or even the rushy kinds of decks um, without some pretty strong support. So Ironworks is, is super strong because you can you can gain maybe three cards a turn. You can empty piles very quickly on Ironworks and Gardens and Estates usually, but sometimes a village or something. Um, you know, some spammable cheap cheap uh, cheap card that the Ironworks can gain. Um, so that, that rush can be a, a viable strategy with a very, very strong gainer. But if it's a weak or mediocre gainer, it's usually still not very good. And part of the reason behind that is how it interacts on the flip side. So if you are going for provinces, you can also get gardens and they can help you. In general, if you're just playing a money deck, the gardens are mostly going to be worth two points. And, well, it's just an alternative to duchy when you hit four instead of five in the end game. It's not actually that noteworthy or important. But um, if you're playing a draw your deck kind of deck, a whole deck paradigm deck, uh, in a lot of cases, these decks can build up, first of all, you're buying multiple components a turn for a long time because you want to buy a payload piece and another village and another draw card. And so you're building up, you know, maybe three cards a turn that you're adding for quite a while. So you can actually get quite a big deck, um, but have it much more under control where you're playing everything every turn. You're playing at least most things most turns, right? So your deck quality is still good, but you're actually adding a lot of cards per turn. Even if you trashed and thinned down at the beginning, sometimes you end up with a bigger deck than someone who was plotting straight for gardens from the beginning, or that straight for that kind of a deck. Um, and additionally, sometimes, depending on what components are available, you end up with just a bunch of extra buys in this kind of a deck, because the village that you need is a worker's village, and you're not going to use all of those buys, but you need six or seven villages, and so on any, any given turn, you're going to have like eight buys, and maybe you normally use two or three, and you still should mostly use two or three here. Um, maybe, you know, you have um, extra markets, or you have grand markets, or whatever, you have, you know, just extra buys floating around for whatever reason. Uh, you know, your draw card is a margrave, so you have a bunch of extra buys, something like that, you know? Um, and in those cases... Uh, you generally don't want to buy a lot of extra stuff just because eventually I'm going to get gardens. Um, it might tilt you a little tiny, tiny bit more towards that 
in terms of which components you get. So getting two cheaper components which are individually weaker instead of more exp an ex a more expensive component which is a little bit stronger. Um, because you eventually want gardens, maybe you go for the two cheap components. But honestly, the two cheap components are often better anyway if you have the buys for it. So it's usually not that big of a deal. But what you can do is at the end of the game, um, suddenly pivot and for one thing on your last turn, just buy a bunch of extra coppers because you're not going to have another turn. So while they completely destroy your deck's ability to function, I gained eight extra coppers. That pushed my gardens over another point threshold. That scored me a bunch of points and it didn't cost me anything because I'm not playing any more turns with this deck, right? Um, but in general, right, uh, you go mainly for provinces or you get towards the end of the game. Maybe your opponent's already gotten a bunch of provinces and suddenly, well two gardens maybe more green cards in my deck than the provinces so it is worse in some way especially if you need the game to last a lot longer after you start greening but you can delay greening a little bit because okay your opponent has six provinces but i can get two provinces and four gardens and that's still not enough okay that's not a great example but you know i get two provinces and six gardens and my gardens are worth four points then that's 24 points and uh, and I'm only down four provinces to start with, which is also 24 points, so that evens it out, right? My gardens are worth five points. I actually win if I can get an estate or something. So they're a, they're a nice supplemental card for a lot of these kind of draw-your-deck decks that are adding a lot, a lot of components. But that is kind of peculiar to gardens itself. Uh, now I want to move next to Duke. Um, Duke is, it behaves kind of similarly, right? Uh, the key thing here is that in order for dukes to be worth any any amount of points, you need duchies. Um, and so uh, what you generally want to do if you're going for duchy duke is always go for duchies first. Um, if you think about the number of points that you need to outscore eight provinces, uh, 48 provinces is, or 48 points is what you get from eight provinces. To get 48 points... Well, for any combination of duchy-duke, if you math it out, the maximum number of points is achieved when you have uh, three more duchies than you have dukes, right? And so eventually you want to have seven duchies and four dukes. That will outscore your opponent's provinces by one point. It'll score you 49 points. Um, being slightly off from this doesn't hurt very much, though. So six, six duchies and four... Uh, five dukes, that's still 11 victory cards. Seven and four was 11. This is still 11. You're scoring 48 points with that set of uh, with that set of green cards. So you've only lost one point. But the further away, you start to lose more and more. So if it's five duchies and six dukes, you've lost you know three more points. If it's four duchies and seven dukes, you've lost even more points, etc., etc. So the duchies are really where it's at. If you have eight duchies and uh, and three dukes, again, your 48 points are equal to provinces. So it's really about getting enough duchies quickly enough. Um, and so you really want to focus down. Uh, usually you're not actually concerned with what scores me the most points right now. You want to make sure that you have enough points when the game is going to end. And if you're going for duchy duke and your opponent is not, it's very unlikely that the game is going to end right now. And if they're draining the provinces, even if it does end right now, 
if you don't have seven duchies yet, you're, you're not going to win by getting the dukes that might be worth uh, an extra point or two. So you really want to get duchies until you have seven or until the pile's out um, before you go for duke, uh, with the obvious exception, of course, being, you know, if that extra duchy is going to make the game end unfavorably, then if you have to avoid it, then avoid it um, if the game is right about to end. But in general... Um, unless there's some quick three pile ending, you, you want to focus on the duchies first. Uh, you need to get a money density of five per hand for this kind of a deck. Um, and so, uh, well, in order for that to, to work out, um, you, you know, bread and butter, you're going to be buying a lot of silvers or silver adjacent, silver equivalent, or slightly better than silver cards. Since you're going to have a lot of green cards in your deck and your money density is probably not going to get much above one, draw cards aren't that great. So Lab and Peddler are still probably better than Silver on average, but it's actually very close. Um, so you shouldn't go out of your way for that. And in particular, if you can buy a Lab, you should often, although not always, be buying a Duchy. Um, for both of these decks, actually cards that... Uh, turn bad cards into good cards can be good. So Horse Traders turns itself and two other cards into three money. That's an average money density of one. Um, you're very likely to have some green cards in your hand. And if you don't, then you're fine anyway. If you do, then, you know, you just need to have two cards in your hand that are worth at least two money along with your Horse Traders in order to be able to make five so that's, you know, two coppers or even just a single silver, and you're there. Horse Traders also lets you buy copper, which is still generally a good card for this deck, although because the money density you're looking for is one, copper is one, it's going to lower the variance of your deck to add it, which is generally good. It insulates you against more green cards, and you're eventually going to want to add a lot of them. But if there's some reason to not have the copper, then don't get it. The other actually nice thing about the copper the thing you should watch maybe even more than anything else is your density of terminals. So getting more coppers lets you get more terminals. But maybe you want to have fewer coppers because your terminal density is at a point where you want to see them more often. So you, you need to balance that a bit. Um, but it's really hard to do because it's going to change over time and eventually you're going to want to, wanting to start buying a lot of duchies. Um, the nice plus side here is you need 11 green cards to outscore the 8 provinces. And, you know, seven duchies, four dukes. And it's actually, because they're so much cheaper than the provinces, there's a lot of cases, basically any money board, uh, you're just, it, it's just going to be better to go for duchy duke um, than to go for provinces in, in almost every case. Um, having said that, uh, there are some decks that draw the whole deck, which can still just get all the provinces emptied fast enough uh, to, to really hurt you. Um, or, well, to win against you, right? And so it's just they're faster. Um, but, but a key thing here is that unlike with Gardens, this, this engine-y player, right? The player that's playing to get their deck under full control and draw it every turn and then build up a nice big payload over time while still having consistency in drawing the deck pretty well, right? That kind of a deck can't usually make much use out of the Duchy Duke, because in order for them to actually have uh, Dukes worth very much, they need to get, you know, to be worth more than the Duchies, they need to get four Duchies. And if they can get four Duchies faster than you can playing their deck, you have no business playing the slog. 
So, and any time they're matched up, basically, the the whole deck player really can't take advantage of the Duke like they could with the Gardens, where they can take the last one or two in the pile. This means that you don't need to worry too much about being contested. You don't really need to worry that much about being contested with Gardens either, but you need to make sure that you end up with them so that they don't snipe the last one or two, especially if they're very important to your strategy. But with Duchy Duke, it's generally not a good idea to contest the Duchy Duke unless you're playing kind of a full mirror where your whole plan is Duchy Duke. But you don't want to just get an odd Duchy or two because, like I said earlier, the first Duchy doesn't even hurt them. They only want seven Duchies generally to win. Um, the second Duchy does hurt them, but just by a tiny amount. You really need to be able to get three in order to hurt them. By the time you're getting three... Well, why aren't you playing Duchy Duke, right? Um, so there's occasionally some alternative where you can pick up three and then like immediately expand them or something. Uh, and it's just you're getting anything that costs five. And so in that case, a little bit of denial can work out, but it's very rare for Duchy Duke. But Duchy Duke is a very strong strategy, and there are a lot of decks that have a hard time getting to eight provinces you only need three more turns of buying green cards compared to them, or three more buys, I should say, of green gains, I guess, of green cards compared to them. And they are three three cost cheaper each. Uh, so the total cost of the cards, if you look at it that way, is nine cheaper. Um, you do have three fewer turns to build because you've got to start faster to get enough buys in. Um, so it's not trivial, but uh, you actually need quite a strong... Or a reasonably strong, it doesn't have to be like the world's strongest or anything, but a reasonably strong uh, version of a, a draw your deck deck or a mega turn kind of deck uh, in order for the Duchy Duke to work. Um, some mega turns, if you are getting the costs reduced down enough and uh, you have just infinite buys, can actually use the Duchy Duke as a way to overcome a player who's playing a similar deck and going for provinces. But this almost never comes up because if you're playing a mirror of this kind of a deck, it almost always is going to end on three piles before that. So so that's that's Duke. Um, and then Silk Road is kind of in between the other two. So Silk Road, let's look at, I'm playing a full Silk Road strategy. How many points do the Silk Road score me? If I have eight of them, I have my three starting estates. Uh, every four victory cards is going to be worth uh, an extra point on each Silk Road. Let's say I have one extra estate. This gets me to 12 victory cards. With 12 victory cards, my Silk Roads are worth three points apiece. So it's actually much easier to get to the three-point threshold with Silk Road than it is with Gardens. And actually, it's it's a lot easier uh, to get to the four-point threshold as well. Um, remember, we're talking, we were talking about getting all of the duchies and all of the gardens as a way to try to overcome the provinces. But if you get all of the duchies and all of the Silk Roads, you still have your three starting estates. And that's 19 victory cards. So they're worth four points each your Silk Roads, and you're actually more than good enough. Um, in fact, even if you have three fewer duchies, you only have five duchies, your three starting estates, and your, your eight Silk Roads, then that's 16. Your, your Silk Roads are still worth four points. Eight times four is 32. You have five duchies that are worth three each. That's 47. That's only one less than all of the provinces. And in a lot of cases, the deck that's going for all of the provinces uh, actually needs to uh, trash their starting estate. So you're actually ahead if you can get to that point, although that's very close. So if your speed at getting to that point of five duchies and eight silk roads um, is 
about the same as the speed of getting to eight provinces, then you're looking at a very close game. Now, um, in terms of being contested, uh, this one's a little bit trickier because uh, it's more effective to contest you on Silk Road since they're eventually going to be worth more. But generally, you would want to get the duchies first because they're more expensive. And so as the longer you add green cards to your deck, the harder it is going to be to keep getting five instead of four. So um, it actually plays a lot like gardens, but there's some trickiness to uh, the ordering um, because you need fives and fours. And actually, this is also true with gardens. In general, it just really depends on whether you think you're going to be able to get the fives later on and how much you think that your opponent can contest you on Silk Roads. Still usually not a great idea to contest the Silk Roads because if you're going for mostly provinces, your Silk Roads are usually only going to be worth two. Um, it's also potentially viable, though, to eschew uh, getting duchies so much and most more focus on estates. So maybe you get one duchy, all of the Silk Roads, and all of the estates. That's 11 estates, eight plus your original three, Eight Silk Roads is nine, 19, and then your one duchy, that gets you to 20 victory cards. Your Silk Roads are going to be worth five. You have eight of those, that's 40 points. Then plus your eight estates, 48 already, plus your, your duchy. So that's a viable path if you can do that. Um, obviously, that's a bit hard to do because that's 17 gains, but if you have some reasonable gaining card, even just something like a Baron, um, can really help you out there. You get your one duchy, it helps you keep getting the Silk Roads, Getting the estates with your barons gets you four automatically. You can maybe think about maybe not getting the coppers since you want your barons to collide with estates, although you're going to have a ton of estates. So maybe you still get the coppers. It's a little bit hard. I'm not sure. But baron is actually quite a reasonable card um, to go with Silk Roads or, or anything else where you can actually gain a lot of estates. Now, that's actually pretty hard because, well, adding that many estates, even if you're like you have some plus buy kind of stuff, um, it's just it's just pretty tough to uh, to consistently be able to still make your money um, the the amount of money that you need after you've added all those green cards and it's so many buys that it's going to take a while. But if you have some kind of support, some gainer, um, even if it's not a very good gainer, then this is a viable sh- potential strategy uh, as well. But it is more in the middle of the other two. You do need some more support. Uh, for the Silk Roads to be good um, than you do for for Dukes, uh, but less support generally than you you need for Gardens. Um, We can also think about applications to some other kinds of games. Uh, So sloggy kind of games in general, maybe there isn't a good source of Alt-VP cards, maybe there's a mediocre source, or maybe even sometimes where there's no source at all, but there are piles that are running out. Sometimes you already can think about if this pile, say the curses are definitely going to run out and there's some other pile that just like runs out very, very easily, magpies or something, I don't know. Um, And they're always going to run out pretty quickly. Then you can really start looking at, okay, well, maybe I need to uh, think about rushing down some victory, some victory cards that's going to get me enough points to outscore my opponent by the time they're up and running on their provinces. So usually this is going to be duchies, um, but if there is a a kingdom victory card like a Silk Road or a, a Gardens is, is often a, a good example here, sometimes Silk Road, um, then um, 
then that can work if there are two piles that are going. And so you're rushing down. You're not trying to outscore them in a long game. It's more of a, a quote-unquote rush, although because the junking is slowing you down, then that can be a thing. Sometimes even without junking, if there's two piles that run out very fast, then you can go for this kind of thing. But this is usually much riskier, especially as an A plan. Um, you know, as a plan A, if you're just going for this, usually your opponent can pivot in some way that they're just like, well, I'll get two or three provinces. Like a money can money deck can often do that if they're not going to help you empty your piles before you can get enough points. So that's a little bit risky if your opponent is astute, but keep it in mind because you need to be able to either pivot to, towards scoring those points or if you're building more of a deck, but your opponent's also building the same deck, it may devolve into going after these points and piling out very quickly, so you need to be able to make sure that you're positioned well well enough for that. Um, one thing to note with a lot of these sloggy kinds of games is that the way that their position, the, the, the greening phase goes, is usually because you need to get more victory points, you need to start greening first, and so you have a lead there. Then, very often, especially if your opponent is not making maybe the best decisions, they will start to score points more quickly than you because they're getting provinces. So at that point, they may take a lead on you. Um, but then if they stall out, you can come back and take the lead back because your total agglomeration of victory points because you have so many dukes or you have so many uh, silk roads or gardens or something uh, eventually will outscore them. So you take the lead back at that point. And so... If you're trying to end the game before they ever do catch up to you, you're playing more of a rush kind of deck. Um, sometimes you can play towards they never get to take the lead because your slog is so good and efficient. Um, if you're playing against it, you need to try to be able to end the game before they can come back and take their lead. So sometimes it's not wrong for the for the province player to stall out a bit because... The, most, the quickest way on average or a median to get all eight of the provinces down may be to start going for it before you have a way to secure quite all eight of them. Um, the extra building may not help you very much. Um, but it is something you should really consider when you are building. Is It's not like, oh, well, this is generally the point in the game where I start to green. What you should think about is, what is the fastest way for me to get all of the provinces or to pi or to get enough provinces and then pile out favorably. Um, so that's the kind of general shape of thing. Uh, other alt VP, I'm not going to go too much into here. Fairgrounds often acts as a second, just a second pile of provinces, particularly for a deck uh, which is playing a lot of action cards. They can get a lot of different things, and it doesn't hurt them so much to get one of 15 different things. The board usually has at least 17, and often now times more than that different things. Sometimes the fairgrounds can even be worth more than province. This usually helps a deck that builds a very long time, though, because getting to six consistently is pretty hard to do, especially if you're going very fast, and so it's just better you want to build more. Um, beyond that, vineyards are extremely strong because only three actions, and actions are really good cards generally. The trickiest thing there is you usually want to be drawing a lot of your deck so you can get back to your potion to buy your vineyard. Um, if you're just doing it based on gaining stuff, then you want to get the potion kind of early. Your vineyards will be pretty bad 
early on, but you can get enough of them and then the other stuff gaining, you, you can get up to your actions. Just buying actions with no extra buys or something is usually not good for vineyards, but usually there's something that is and they can be worth a ton of points, way more than provinces each eventually. Um, VP tokens act totally differently than all of the other stuff because they don't stick around in your deck. Um, some of the landmarks can be similar depending on which one you're talking about. Um, feed them. Feed them is, uh, yeah, it's usually hard to add enough silver to your deck to make it be worth a lot of points. And so it's, again, if you are doing that, you mostly want to be going for provinces and then, hey, feed them is something else I can get. Kind of like with the gardens, uh, but generally worse because, well, getting a lot, getting, you know, a ton of silvers is harder than getting a ton of cards, even though the ton of cards has to be more. Um, like gardens counts for itself and feed them doesn't. Um, there's a lot of other things. There's a lot of cards that are a fixed number of VP uh, points like Island or Tunnel or Harem or Nobles. Uh, these shouldn't generally be viewed as alternate ways to win for the most part. Um, they're just kind of like alternatives to Duchy or alternatives to other cards to increase your deck even more than that. Um, anyway, hopefully this is a nice little introduction to the concept of a lot of these cards, slogs, rushes, um, and how to play them. Obviously, there's a lot more depth to get to, and I would love to at certain points, but uh, in the interest of time, I think I'm going to end it here for now. So this is Wandering Winter signing off from another Making Love. Peace.